Like you, we celebrated the long 4th of July weekend with travel, rest, and relaxation. And like our previous guest, Becky Pullum, we saw the sights, took the selfies, and laughed all the way. Because you liked the episode as much as we did, we're airing it again. So back by popular demand, here's Becky Pullum. here welcoming you to Now I See, a podcast where people of vision share their eye-opening experiences that helped them shift focus, gain perspective, and see themselves and their world in a whole new way. We invite you to pull up a chair to the conversational table, pour yourself a drink, and enjoy our show. We're hoping our time together will encourage, elevate, and engage you toward your own eye-opening moments. Welcome, Becky. I'm so glad to have you here today. Well, hello. I'm happy to be here. Thanks. My special guest today is Becky Pullum. After years of trying to start a family, Becky and her husband were finally blessed with a daughter, Rachel, and four years later, a son, Joshua. To try and fulfill some of her many promises she made to God during this journey, Becky threw herself into volunteering at church, at PTA, Girl Scouts, Boy Scouts, and later whatever clubs her kids were interested in, including theater, choir, and band. In both Girl Scouts and Boy Scouts, particularly Cub Scouts, she found herself training other adult leaders, which involved teaching them how to play. This let her tap into her goofy side. A role in one of the Vacation Bible School sketches required her to do a cartwheel at the age of 55. She was able to do one, even though the younger cast members of the sketch couldn't hold back their gasps of fear. Since then, she periodically attempts one, just to check. So far, so good. Becky was also part of a writing team at church, writing sketches to precede the weekly sermon. To prepare a sketch that would help bring God's message, she found herself working a little harder to understand God's word more than she normally would have on her own. This was a blessing that pushed her into a deeper relationship with Christ. Many times, she found that her better writing happened when she gave it over to the Lord. Recently, Becky's husband, Jim, returned to teaching theater at Nimitz High School in Irving. So in addition to her part-time job, she finds herself running errands and searching her house and everyone else's for props. And she just recently accepted the vice president's role on Nimitz's current PTA. Becky, I see you as wholehearted. Whatever you do, you give it all you've got. You're creative, resourceful, daring, and ridiculously funny. You make me laugh so hard. And in a day where everybody takes themselves so seriously, you have a wonderful ability to live life playfully. I hope we'll talk more about that today. But before we do, how do you see yourself? Well, I like to see myself as low maintenance. I'm easy to please, easy to amuse, and I don't need a lot of work, except uh, with the exception of my husband. It's his job to (laughs) to try to solve my worst problems. (laughs) Um, So have you always been playful or is this something that you kind of grew into? I'm going to assume that my sisters may hear this, so I'm going to be completely honest. I'm a natural-born smart aleck, and I've always been that way. I'm a compulsive talker, as my parents would have called it, talking out of turn, and they worked very hard. They were firm believers in the 60s of children being seen and not heard, and they really tried to instill that in me. So I do know I'm not supposed to say everything I'm thinking. It's difficult, though. So one of the reasons I started writing 
is so that I could put those thoughts, those unspoken thoughts, down on a page somewhere because they might come up later in a script. I also journal and find that when I look back, some pretty good stuff can be yanked out of those journals Mm -hmm. to show me um, how I've grown or how I've changed or maybe recreate themes that happened in my life. So I have enjoyed your writing as a skit writer over the years and so glad that you still continue to do that and to perform. I love that. I haven't written anything in a while and kind of got out of the habit. You have to be in the habit Mm -hmm. and you also... It helps to be around people that engage you, give you thoughts, give you, you know, encouragement. And that the writing team we, we were on together in uh, years ago at um, what what was the church? It was oh Irving Bible Church. It was just really great stuff uh, that we were doing, hearing other people doing, and getting. Um, now I do like to kind of go away and write by myself, but I do love those planning meetings where you're getting all the ideas and you're getting feedback and and. People are laughing at something you said. So, yes, I do, I do really like getting laughs, which is also you have to be careful because you can always find an audience for the wrong bit of humor, and you have to be careful. I, like I, you're laughing at what I just said, but I said something inappropriate, and it, you know, you shouldn't, <laughs> you shouldn't laugh. I shouldn't hang around you for laughing at what I said. So it, it's a discernment thing that I've, it's years, taken me years to learn. And not everything I say is funny. I've been accused of being rude and sarcastic, and I'll own it. I'll own it. I've done that before. And I can get mean with my humor, but then I have to draw it back. So I'm aware, and uh, it's something I've, I've worked with all my life. And so, but when I'm around the right people, I really... That's when my best stuff happens. And so I try to stay around the right people. Some other Girl Scout leaders who've really brought out the best in me. Some Boy Scout leaders that have brought out the best in me. I've had some wonderful mentors when I was training Cub Scout leaders. Uh, Pam Pivoto, just a, a gentle woman with a hysterical sense of humor. She was one of the best, and when I was helping train Girl Scout leaders, my friend Margot and I, we would just walk into that room and take it by storm, wearing feather boas, and, and Margot used to tell the uh, trainees that you have to have a good time, and then the girls don't know what you're up to. <laughs> so that's, that's been the real secret to having a funny life is hanging around the right people. I totally agree. Mm -hmm. I totally agree. Mm -hmm. You certainly become the kind of person that you choose to, you know, Mm -hmm. hang around and and those voices that speak to you Mm -hmm. echo in your Mm -hmm. head and Mm -hmm. really do shape the way that you live. Mm -hmm. So I love that you have chosen to uh, surround yourself with people who make you laugh and who inspire you, Mm -hmm. encourage you. It's part of the reason that we do this podcast. Mm -hmm. But you kind of hinted that, um, Being playful has a dark side and can sometimes be dangerous to you and your thought life and to others. Right. So can you tell us about a time where maybe that happened and you saw how dangerous that could be and you chose not to do that? Because I don't see that in you very often, but clearly that happened or you wouldn't be choosing playfulness so often. Well, when you're around youth, I have thought of something. It's easy to get into this teasing conversation with other adults, you know, and you're in front of the youth and you can be saying disparaging things and you're getting laughs. 
do you remember those old comedy roasts? Sure. That we, sure. You get into that mindset where you're saying things about other people you wouldn't want to have said about yourself. Yes. You're making comments about their appearance or about the way they speak. And you watch that, and there are youth in the room, because most of our adult meetings, there was always one or two representatives from either the troop or something. And you're like, no, no, I've, I've gone too far. Mm-hmm. I have, I, yes, I got a laugh. But man, if that were turned around and, and somebody said something similar to me, and especially one of the things I noticed in Boy Scouting, it's a very male-centric, and men are very teasing of each other, very jocular, and uh, it doesn't sound as good coming from a woman. It doesn't. I know that's terribly sexist to say, but it, uh, it was unflattering, and I am one of the boys. I can so easily become one of the boys, and I find myself just being a real, a real snarky person. So I had to dial that back because I didn't like myself. You, when you go home, you're going, I wish I hadn't said that. You, then, you know, then you know you shouldn't have. Yeah, that's kind of your sign, your red flag. Mm-hmm. And I notice uh, myself that sometimes I laugh at things, not because they're funny, mm-hmm. but because I'm shocked that somebody had the courage to say it. And so um, I think that uh, after that's happened, I'm sorry that I laughed. I didn't mean to encourage or endorse that. I think that was just my natural mm-hmm. response to, wow, I didn't see that coming. Yeah. So. Um, I think that maybe that could be the dark side of humor. Mm-hmm. But beyond that, you choose to live playfully. I th- one time you posted something on Facebook that just kind of set my teeth on edge when I first saw it. It was something uh, close to your birthday where you said something like, I may have to grow older, but I don't have to grow up. And I thought, yes, you do. Somebody needs to be the adult here. Would you like to explain what you were thinking when you posted that? Besides the fact that it is funny. It it was probably a meme I read and appreciate. I didn't think that up by myself, so I repeated something, and uh, and I do have to grow up. I'm a very grown up person most of the time. I can set that aside to play when I'm in a safe environment. But um, when you when you're with children, you have got to stop saying, "Well, you need to pick that up." Well, you need to do that. You need to. Well, you need to get your homework done. Okay. Or when they're older, you're going, have you done your taxes yet? Did you get your car inspected? Things like that. I find myself doing that, but I don't have to with my kids. Yeah, they might get pulled over and get a ticket for not having their car inspected, but that'll learn them, and uh, it doesn't help that I've nagged them. So when I'm with them, I'd rather play, go to Scarborough Fair, go to my my son. (laughs) He and I were in... um, a ten, a Granberry, and we went down. We were walking down the street. We we're waiting for Jim to get through with a meeting, and there was uh, a little store down the, the the way. It said wine and chocolate, and he said, "Oh, I'm not going in there with you, Mom. That's just menopause." <laughs> and so that's playing. That's not me saying, "Hey, have you gotten your?" taxes done have you gotten your car inspected so that those are grown-up things and we don't have to be grown up all the time well I like um as I thought about it more and I thought about who posted it you you are very responsible and you've been in charge of a lot of things and you've run your own business and you've helped so many people uh do so many things you've been training uh leaders um so you do do a lot of adult things and as I thought about it I just remembered that what I love best about you is that that youthful, 
playful attitude that you bring to pretty much everything. We have built floats together for city parades. We have dressed up in costumes for theme parties. We have done some crazy things. I do remember you doing a cartwheel in a reception hall at your birthday party and thinking, oh my gosh, I haven't done one in 20 years and look at her go. And uh, the fact that you felt comfortable enough to do that and to just be in the moment. I think that's what I love best about you. If I am at all a wallflower, seeing you enjoy being yourself and and, um, working a room and playing uh, in whatever circumstances we find ourselves pulls me off the wall and invites me in to have fun and to choose to live in the moment. I, and I appreciate that. When you mentioned my, my cartwheel, I did go outside a couple of days ago and thought, well, I wonder. So I made sure I wasn't in sight of anybody, although my daughter was in the house in case 911 needed to be called. And uh, it had been raining, so the ground was soft. And I thought, I'll probably survive this. Because <laughs> I know there's going to be the day, there's going to be the day I don't get the cartwheel done. And I know it, but I don't want, I don't want that day to come just yet. So I did it, and I did it pretty successfully. It felt good. Hand hurt a little bit afterwards. So, but I thought, okay, click, that's done. <laughs> I'm so proud of you because <laughs> the only place I really have to do that is in my front yard, and I really don't want witnesses oh, to I it. Oh, yeah. And my body center has changed, yeah. and I'm not sure of the upper body strength. I just I can't imagine it turning out well. But the fact that you're still willing to daring yeah. enough to do something well, like that. Well, I get that dared is, to do it. A- a few times and uh, yeah, I'll do it and I'll say now look if I'm going to do this if I do fall I don't want everybody running up here and grabbing my arms just let me sit here for a minute I have rules <laughs> it's not I got this little parameter I need to start having people fill out liability forms okay if Becky doesn't make the cartwheel this time <laughs> so that's another thing that I love about you is that you uh, are that you do rise to a challenge and when you do something you really give it all you've oh, got. Oh yeah, don't even double dog dare me ever. <laughs> so many people I think miss great things in life because they hold back because of fear or uh, fear of failure, fear of what other people might say about them. You don't have any of that or do you? I was asked once for a life insurance exam, do you do anything like parachuting? And I said, well, it's not off the table. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, He said, answer no, answer no. Okay, no, I don't parachute. Darn it. Sit back and enjoy the show and know that we're already at work to bring you fresh topics and fun guests like Brenda Milam, whose big transition is taking her life in a whole new direction. Now, back to our show. So you do bring the fun. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, so, and being around youth, I think, really helps keep a person youthful. I know that it certainly did for me. And Mm -hmm. some of the funnest years of my life were hanging around with young people and Mm -hmm. Um, I loved teaching and I loved uh, volunteering in their organizations mm-hmm. as you did. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me some of the stories that were particularly fun, some of those standout moments for you? Well, taking a bunch of Girl Scouts to Galveston with three other really good Girl Scout leaders, uh, the planning was pretty intense. Actually, no, it's four other Girl Scout leaders. Pardon me, four other Girl Scout leaders. The planning was really intense. So by the time you start it, 
you know, you're going, it's done. 15 passenger vans, driving those. Those are, everybody, we're taking a curve. Everybody lean this way. (laughs) So going down there and just enjoying it. Once you're doing that, getting in the ocean, and then one of the leaders says, I'm not going in there because I know there's sharks. And they're like, wait, there's sharks? Where? Okay, everybody, let's let's work our way back to the beach slowly. Don't make any sudden noises. Don't splash. So, um, but we got to see all the neat museums down there. Went down to the uh, the restaurant there, the Hobbit Hole restaurant. Delicious. And in Girl Scouts also, too, my daughter got involved in the uh, Tejas Riders down at uh, uh, it's Camp Betty Perot now. But uh, taking her down there once a month to ride the horses was just so much fun and got her involved later in She's a vet tech now, and she got to work with horses then, and and then later with Boy Scouts, she got to work with these uh, wildlife experts that brought wildlife to the Cub Scout day camp, and so that, you know, watching her evolve was wonderful, and watching my son succeed so well, he got his, uh, he got his eagle, and uh, just learned to get up and speak and, and do that, and that's what I learned too. I was not really a public speaker, even though I liked acting. Getting, get me on stage. I'm fine with that. But to get up in front of an audience and try to teach them something or give them information in a manner. So I had to learn that as PTA president and as a Cub Scout leader trainer and a Girl Scout leader trainer. So these are all things that made me a better person, I think. And uh, But I would have to say where my humor was in short supply <laughs> and where I worked the hardest was when we went to Philmont. We didn't have enough adult leaders that could take the time off. We, some good men and women who would have been willing to do it, but that's, that's about two weeks that you have to take off. And Jim and I took these seven boys between the ages of 13 and almost 18 to Philmont. And I was 62, Jim was 62 as well, and we noticed right off the bat that we were the same age as most of our boys' grandparents. That was 11 days, 60-mile backpacking trip, and it hurt. <laughs> I, but the boys made it possible. They were great. A uh, couple of the boys were good about helping me on and off with my backpack. Um, they took charge of several things. We had a fantastic crew chief, uh, Nathan. Nathan, if you're hearing this, love you, guy. Zach Nichols, another good, um, almost an adult, great <laughs> guy. He was our, he uh, set the pace. What a nice, even, steady step he had. But, wow, those boys got Jim and I up and down that mountain. But that's when it hit me. I thought, maybe... I'm not going to be the best leader for these boys anymore. Now, I can go to district level and do things to keep the organization running smoothly, but I'm not the one that's going to get them safely up and down a mountain. Of course, they really needed me there for the paperwork. It's what they needed me there for. Which is not your strong suit. No, no, I know. It's like, but, oh, wow. But we hiked. We did. Now, Jim Jim made me a lot of promises when we get home I'm going to fix the bathroom when we get home I'm going to do this and do like Bribes. so as soon as we got I know he had he he that's how he encouraged me keep walking keep walking this is the only way the only way to get off of this mountain is go through it so <laughs> I fell so many times thank goodness a couple of the other boys were were slow too because otherwise it, everybody's waiting on me and that's just another gasp when you start falling down a mountain you're going this is going to hurt <laughs> I just 
I came home with so many bruises and my ankles were swollen to twice their size. Anyway, I was never glad to be have something behind <laughs> me. People go, oh, Philmont changed my life. Yeah, it changed mine too. It hurt. I'm so <laughs> Well, this podcast is all about eye-opening experiences. Right, I, know, I think I we know. just had But one. let me tell you, if you're out there, people, yes, you do need to do, everybody needs to do an 11-day, 60-mile hike at least once in their life. So that may be fun or mm-hmm. playful for mm-hmm. some, but mm-hmm. not necessarily for everyone. Well, I hear you saying two things here. One, that some fun just happens to be in the moment. Mm-hmm. And some fun just takes hard work. It, it takes planning. Um, and I'm so glad that you have excelled at both of those, that uh, you have found ways to engage people, to teach them things using humor, mm-hmm. using fun as a tool. And it sounds like that was very successful with your children and also with many others. So um, as, as we think more about being playful, who do you think was playful inspiration for you? Who taught you to be playful? Or who encouraged that in you? Well, my grandfather on my dad's side was a jokester. Not, not a prankster. He did not pull pranks on people, but he always had a funny thing to say. My dad always had something funny to say. My mother was not a humorist, but she would laugh, so that she was the encouragement we needed. My aunt's hysterical. She will keep you laughing all the time. On my mother's side, her mother was a funny woman, just a delightful person, charming, sweet, gentle humor. They probably calm me because I'm one of those. I I was Walmart last night picking up supplies for uh, the theater banquet. And we were behind this family and this kid is banging so goofy. He's got, there's one of these little convex mirrors so that, yes. the, and he is just looking at it, making faces and everything. And I thought, that's annoying me. And you know why? It's because that is me <laughs> or was me. <laughs> Sometimes watching other people have fun can be so annoying. Yeah, I, can't know. It? I know it. I can't do that way because <laughs> I'm in public. I know, I'm in public. I got to behave. Uh, but my inspiration, yes, I had. I had some funny relatives, and I've some great friends. Uh, Like I said, my friend Margo, she's always finding the funny in everything. And uh, Pam, and um, just, like I said, oh, John Everett. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I remember him being very funny, too. He just, he's a person that I could spend hours with, just puns. We would just (laughs) throw I mean, we would throw puns at each other until the people around us were just groaning, as, as they should. That's, that was the reaction we wanted. So, yes, it, yeah, it's who you surround yourself with. I'm drawn to those people, and uh, I think they're drawn to me, too. You know, I want to be the person, if you walk into a room, people go, hey, yes, you're here. Yes. Instead of, oh, okay, now what are we going to have to do now? <laughs> so... Yeah, well, I know that's how you make me feel when I enter a oh, room. Good, I'm, looking good. For, I'm looking to where to see where the party's happening, and oh, it's good. always right around you. So your husband Jim is very funny, um, and he will crack me up so hard. So are your kids funny? Is yes, it, is it genetic? Yes, they okay. are. They are very <laughs> funny. They are. They are the type you have to put a lid on sometimes. It's like, it's sarcastic and rude. They can be very sarcastic and rude, and they, they the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. But they are hysterical, and they make me laugh so hard. Unfortunately, I can't really repeat some of their funniest lines. Because 
<laughs> I think they're going to be glad for that. I know. I know. Oh no, they they are, they are unapologetic too. They're but anyway. So, what are some of the lessons you've learned about being playful? Knowing when to stop. <laughs> That's and, and I'm no. I mean that is very helpful. It's um, looking for not not setting your expectations. Like, don't get so concentrated on the road that you you miss the road sign. One time, Jim and I were on Highway 10 heading toward California. I think just past Yuma, Arizona, just as you get into the California, there's a sign saying center of the universe. Well, we stopped. (laughs) We thought, well, (laughs) it's the center of the universe. This man has bought this land and he built all these buildings on it. And he has all these monuments and everything. And he's got a big pyramid in the middle. We're going, so we took a picture of ourselves in front of the center of the universe because we didn't know where it was until we saw that sign. So <laughs> you have to be prepared for that. And then we're traveling up, um, we're traveling north uh, into Utah. We're just getting into Moab and we see this hole in the wall. This man had built a home in the wall of a cliff. And so we went and toured it. Fantastic. I mean, Jim did a U-turn in the middle of a busy highway so that we could see that. And then we traveled on into Moab. Moab, Utah is not where you expect to see a Highland Games. Well, we stopped. We went to see the Highland Festival, bought um, a Wicked Tinkers album. The, they're a, a, a bagpipe band, a Scottish band. And we watched the Highland Games. Just some incredible athletes throwing the caper and throwing the hammer and the disc. And it's like, whoa. So all in plaid and kilts. All in plaid and kilts. Yes, and then we got to watch. um, uh, It's like a a band, a marching band, a fantastic marching band uh, performing. So we're like, yeah, you just so you can't be so focused on the road ahead of you that you miss the little signs. So yes, Jim and I will stop and go see the world's largest ball of string. We'll do that (laughs) because you know the Longenberger Basket Building. Yes. In Ohio. Yes. And once you see that, you're like, okay, I got to stop and get a picture of that. Thank goodness for Facebook. Click that. Click it. Put it on Facebook. Okay. And then in a few years, it comes back in a Facebook memory. You go, yeah, that's where I was. This is the Becky I know and love. No, no. The one that finds um, spontaneous moments to celebrate. You know, not everybody would find the basket building or the world's largest ball. Oh, of we love our road trips. <laughs> I have this Excel spreadsheet I create when we're going to do a road trip. And I go, you know, how far we are to the next place. What's along the way? I make our own little travel arrangements, our itinerary, and um, figure out how much gas it's going to take. How much, You know, because you pay budget, watching our budget. And uh, but then, you know, then the Excel spreadsheets there, that's our what we're planning for. And if we have to make reservations, we we follow it. But you've got to be able to just go off down the back roads. Jim hates the interstate. I hate the interstate. So we'll take a back road if we've got one going, oh, honey, Route 66 runs along here. Let's go over there and drive down that. So that's that's how we roll. I love it. I love it. Well, uh, last year was not a playful year no. for many people. Uh, there was so much grief, mm-hmm. grief over a loss, mm-hmm. loss of jobs, loss of loved ones, loss of uh, mobility and mm-hmm. ability to interact with people. People couldn't go to school or church or work. There were all kinds of political upheavals and things that were just heartbreaking. It was not a good year for a lot of people. How did you survive it? Did you find any joy or any playfulness in well, 2020? We walked. We got outside and we walked. You can stay socially distant and just keep walking. And we also 
because a lot of our friends have restaurants. Uh, we tried to support them by just ordering and going picking up food. So we probably ate more restaurant food last year than we have in any other time of our life. So we tried to support everybody we could. Um, because of Jim's business, he's been in theater, he's been in meeting support, being in gig workers. They're the ones that really took the brunt. Well, I can't say they took more of a brunt than anybody, but they were ones finding themselves suddenly scrambling, how am I going to pay my bills? Sure. Just very scary thought. My son's girlfriend lost her job, and I know she really did appreciate those months of unemployment that she was able to draw. And she worked from the very moment she lost her job. She started trying to find another one. And she finally did, by the grace of God. But, um, nice. and it got to me to thinking, Jim and I love road trips. That's probably our key thing. We like to get away. And that was the hardest thing for us last year. Campgrounds were closed. Right, everything was closed. We couldn't go on our road trips. I mean, we were going to be away from everybody, but somebody has to manage those places. And I'm not going to point fingers and say, well, you need to open this up for me. We lost that, and that mm-hmm. was the, that was our biggest sacrifice. So, and it's a very small, tiny sacrifice. Mom and Dad loved their road trips, and so I envisioned them being on a big road <laughs> trip forever. And I decided that's what heaven is. I don't want to be sitting on a cloud <laughs> playing a harp. I don't. Why I don't do that now? So, <laughs> I told Jim. I said, you know what? That's what I decided. Rose, heaven's going to be for us. <laughs> That's me choosing. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> this is what I want. <laughs> let, me, let me make our reservation now. It's a road trip. We're going to get on a road trip. We're just not going to ever run out of gas. We're just going to go see everything we want to go see. So I hear you saying that some of the things that help you stay playful are being out in nature, mm-hmm. being curious, and never, never stop asking questions, never stop looking for new things to experience and enjoy. To be... Uh, thankful and to be giving to others and when you take your eyes off yourself and you focus on others that that is joy giving and then uh, just to be grateful to be grateful for the things that you have for the memories that you have for the things that you've experienced um so as we close out today what's one thing you hope our listeners will see more clearly as a result of our conversation about playful living be open be open to that road sign that says next exit the world's largest ball of string be ready for that be open to that child that comes up and hands you something sticky (laughs) be be ready for that just let yourself be open for that um i amused my great nephew so much one hot summer afternoon with a little brush I have that you push it and the bristles, Mm -hmm. I call it my Mm blorp brush. And when I do it, I make this sound going. (laughs) Anyway, so I did that and he he would just laugh and laugh and I pushed the bristles back in and I'd go. Anyway, I ended up giving him the brush. But that's how we played for a good 10 to 15 minutes. So that's what you got to be open for. If that's something making a child laugh, you just keep doing it until they stop. <laughs> I think we finally found the secret to playfulness. It is openness. It's having an open mind exactly. to look at new things. It's mm-hmm. having an open heart to love people maybe who are mm-hmm. a challenge or to uh, open yourself up to their relationships and mm-hmm. to gratitude, to open yourself up to feel things 
Um, yeah, rather hang than, around the right people. Yes, that is huge. That is huge. Um, open-handed giving and uh, open to gratitude, open to receive as well. So openness may be the secret to playfulness. Oh, no. I'm so glad that you were able to share that with us today. Thanks so much for your time. Well, thank you. It's been a fun conversation. Thanks, Becky. Bye-bye, friends. Can you think of someone who would enjoy our show today? If so, please share it with them. You can help others find us too by liking, subscribing, rating, and reviewing. Visit today's show notes for show highlights, links to recommended resources, including our own, nis.media. I'd love to hear what you have to say, so drop me a line at Kit McCarty NIS on Facebook or at kit at nis.media. And if you'd like to hear more from me, sign up for my periodic newsletter when you're on my site. Special thanks to the production team at Headset Radio and to my friend Becky Salazar for the bumper music. I'm your host, Kit McCarty. See you again soon. Music